0: Welcome on into Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thanks for joining us on a Thursday edition of the podcast. We are proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where, of course, it is your team every day. A lot to cover on today's edition of the podcast. We need to talk about an injury to one BYU tight end and another who has been slowed up due to coursework rather than rehab from a previous injury. We'll also catch up with BYU defensive coordinator Elisa Tuiaki. He breaks down how the first week of fall camp has gone for his defense as well as some personnel news and notes on that side of the ball. And you'll also hear today from A.J. Stewart, BYU running backs coach. I spoke with him one-on-one to talk about how guys like Tyson Williams and Emmanuel Supa are fitting in, in through the first week of fall camp and what he expects them to do this upcoming season. So a lot to cover on today's edition of the podcast, and we are brought to you today by our good friends of the Locked On Fantasy Football and Locked On NFL Podcast that are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We'll tell you about both of those as we go through today's show. So with that, let's get going. This is Locked on Cougars for August 8th, 2019. Hi guys, I'm Jay catch your host here on Locked On Cougars, resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. And thanks again for downloading the show on a Thursday. Let's kick things off today with some personnel news and notes when it comes to the BYU tight end position group. Uh, first things first is, man, tough deal. Hank Pelotu, a freshman tight end, has re-injured the same ACL he injured last September. Spent a lot of time rehabbing it, and apparently he stepped wrong, hyperextended his knee, And suffered the same injury and will be out for the season again this year. That is a massive. Injury—it's devastating for him on a personal level because doing the same injury to the same knee in two straight years, man, that's just tough to overcome. But wish him nothing but the best as he undergoes reconstructive surgery once again and looks to get back onto the field theoretically and hopefully by next spring. So that's one note. The other note coming out from BYU fall camp yesterday, and something I had been tipped off to, but was working on confirming. But Jay Drew from the Salt Lake Tribune got the information and kind of confirmed what I had heard. Is that Morone Laulu Pututau, who's also working back from an ACL injury that he suffered in the Washington game last year, is actually not being held up due to his rehab. He's—I'm sure the co- coaches and uh, trainers have looked him over. They'll continue to track his progress as he returns from that injury. But he's actually been slowed up due to academics. He's trying to get uh, cleared by the NCAA clearinghouse in terms of credits, etc. So here's hoping that he can get that out of the way and get onto the field, onto the practice field, and short order because BYU now losing Hank Tui-Piloto that thins out a tight end group that looks quite deep on paper. Uh, I think that it's actually a, it's, it's an, a position group that can absorb that type of a loss a little better than other ones on BYU's roster, but it's still a loss nonetheless. Hank tui Pelotu had a fantastic catch on the first day of fall camp. Uh, we tweeted it out on our social media. It was just a fan, phenomenal grab as Dion Gonwoluku was shadowing him, was right on him, and he just goes up and catches the the ball so like I said, which nothing but the best for Hank Tui is as he goes to rehab once again for an ACL injury. And here's hoping that he comes back better than ever. I know it's tough to have surgery two straight times on the same joint, on the same ligament, but I'm hopeful that the the, the medical staff at BYU, the surgeons, etc., Dr. Fox and the like, can get him back to full health and he's able to resume his BYU playing career in the near future. But like I said also, Marone Laulupututek he's being held up due to academics he's been spending a lot of time in the classroom trying to make up the requisite credits etc to get the NCAA Clearinghouse to sign off on him suiting up for BYU once he is cleared by the NCAA Clearinghouse he would be uh, sub he would have to go through the five day acclimatization period that the NCAA mandates before he can fully practice but as he told guys like Mitch Harper and Jay Drew yesterday he feels like coming back from these injuries he doesn't need a lot of practice time to be up to full speed and play so here hoping to get things taken care of and uh, when I was talking to a person about this on Tuesday night if I'm not mistaken they described it as 50-50 in terms of him being able to get cleared by the NCAA Clearinghouse uh, some more clarification on that yesterday is that the coaching staff at BYU is pretty bullish on his ability in their mind to get eligible but we'll keep you updated with any news that comes out about this regarding Moroni Pututau. alright uh, we'll switch over to the defensive side of the ball here had a chance to catch up with Elisa Tuiaki yesterday, BYU's defensive coordinator. A lot of the storylines for BYU uh, this fall camp have been on the offensive side of the ball. Zach Wilson's shoulder, the tight ends group, running backs, etc. Well, the defense is still retooling in their own right. Had a chance to speak with BYU defensive coordinator Elisa Tuiaki. Me and Jay drew some of Jay's questions as well. And he had some great thoughts on this defense as he really tries to get them back to that top 25 ranking that they held a year ago and I have no reason to believe that they can't do that so here you go elisa tuyaki speaking with me and jay drew yesterday during byu's team photo day event you're about a week into fall camp how do you feel your defense i guess as a whole right now is progressing
1: it's uh it's been good it's been good it's uh i mean there's there's a lot of uh a couple of key spots to fill you know as far as just finding the right guys that can rotate in there you Um, you know especially you know replacing corbin and replacing son taktaki and um, getting some key players back that will continue to train the young guys. But I thought that the, the progress has been good. Some kids are progressing a lot farther ahead and faster than some of the other ones that I thought would probably
0: be farther ahead. And so it's just normal camp. Linebacking core was, I guess, decimates an easy word. A lot of graduations last mm-hmm. year. How do you feel those guys are coming along? You know,
1: as a group, as far as its depth, it's probably going to be one of the better linebacker groups that we've had um, you know, depth-wise. Mm-hmm but they're just all young, you know, and I know we talked about that for a while, but excited to get Zane back, excited to get Isaiah Kalfusi back, but some of those young guys, um, you know, Max Tully, Peyton Wilgar, uh, Jackson Kalfusi, Chaz IU, Keenan Peely, I mean, they're, we're, we're really, really, feel really, really good about the backer core. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, their game experience and, and getting them a little bit more, you know, under their belt, I think is gonna be the deal.
0: How can you, I guess, help them build that experience in fall camp when you guys aren't necessarily going live all the time? You know, um... <clears throat> the the scrimmage is going to be
1: huge for them you know getting them into it but then just giving them as many as many uh reps realistic you know realistic looks as possible which a lot of times has to just do with the way that you're practicing the way you're changing things up the way that you may be uh, uh, making it harder for them and uh you know as much game situation as possible but the truth is you, you don't you you can't and you never know and it's just sometimes some kids will get to the game and they and they just they just show that they're not as prepared. And some kids get to the game. They're just like, okay, this, you know, really pleased about this kid coming
0: through. But uh, it's really difficult to know, and I don't think we will until we get to the games. In terms of your cornerbacks, I heard Dimitri Gal has been slowed in terms of getting him himself able to get on the field, etc. How do you feel the guys that are actually out there have been doing so far? That's
1: that's one of the groups that I feel I've been I've been pretty pleased with. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, George Udo, um, you know. The, Javell, you know, JaVale Brown and just some of those young kids that are coming in and uh, you're expecting and hoping that they can step up and be guys. There's there's a lot of potential there with the young with the young corner group. And I know there's guys I'm missing but that's one of the, that's been one of the really concerns for me probably in the offseason, just how deep we go at the corner spot. But those guys stepping up, I've, I've been really I mean, felt really good about.
0: Do you like the depth I'm oh, sorry, Jay. Do you feel like Chris Wilcox is uh, going to be back or, or-
1: uh, we hope. Yeah, we hope. You know, I don't. I I don't know yet. I'm not going to rule him out. And not we're we practicing and just basically playing as if uh, as if he's going to be out. And if he comes back, it's a bonus for us. But uh, don't know yet. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's
0: he's going. But we just don't want to. We just don't want to rush him too fast. You know. Is the depth at safety help you feel a little more comfortable with that question mark about the cornerbacks a little bit? Just having when you have those guys on the back end.
1: Uh. I don't, I don't know necessarily, right, believe you know, for me, I don't necessarily feel that right, the depth in one spot helps out in the other, because for us, it's um, you know, guys that are playing safety are there for a specific reason, and guys that are staying at corner are there for a specific reason, and so um, like we, we kind of like our depth at safety right now. There's been some, some good names, but but uh, no, in answer to your question, not, not really.
0: <laughs> Have you ever had a scheme for an Andy Ludwig offense before in the military? You know, or, or have you ever been on the same staff as him?
1: I was a GA when he in two thousand eight. Okay. There, I was on the defensive side, but um, you know, X's and O's as far as just the type of people. I mean, you know, we fe- we faced a lot of teams that are uh, what we consider to be the same style of play and, uh, you know, maybe a, a couple of wrinkles here and there, but as far as just X's and O's and the style of play that, that they have, it's not necessarily anything that we haven't seen, but, you know, obviously we just haven't played against him.
0: Austin this is kind of an interesting story. You probably recruited him back when he was at Jordan High, I would imagine. And Just how would you sum up his journey, and now that he's in the safeties group here for you guys? You know,
1: it's it's been fun to be around. I think he's a great kid. Um, you know, in, in fall camp, there's a there's a, a lot of team building activities, a lot of different things that we do as far as getting to know our teammates better and getting to know him better and some of the things that he shared with the team has, uh, has been, been really cool to hear. I mean, the story that he, that he came from, which you guys all know, is where he one of probably one of the most, if not the most decorated quarterback to come out of uh, high school football in the state of Utah. Um, to, to be at Wisconsin, to go through basically three coaching changes before he ended up at, at uh, Arizona Western and then walk on here, you know. Um, he told us a story about he, he and his dad uh, leaving after their last game at Arizona Western and basically dri- driving, you know, just almost 20 hours straight, he and his dad switching off, stopping at every place, trying to figure out where's where's home going to be, you know. Like, he wanted to continue to play, and, and it, it, you know, it was really humbling. It's just cool to hear a kid that was one of the most decorated athletes in the state of utah driving around looking for a, a spot to walk on you know and so um it's just it tells a lot about his character but he's it's been fun to be around him to get to know him he's a great he's a great team player
0: you like having this rivalry game to kick off the season
1: i do yeah i mean we'll play them play them at the end of the season at the bowl game whenever I, I think it's it's always great for the state of utah to have these rivalry games but also you know just just for us to um always kind of have that game it's it, uh, it's it's a game that means more than some of the other ones it's not like not that the other ones are not important but it's just it's always nice to to uh, play a rivalry game
0: you is it do you feel like your players have like maybe an extra added layer of focus because they know it's that game kicking off the season uh, yeah, I,
1: I do. You know, I think uh, especially with the, the amount of uh, players that we have from the state of Utah, a lot of them that grew up kind of on one side or the other, and then now here, you know, we have we've got players that uh, have families that grew up. Big Utah fans, and and now they're they're here, and so it's kind of flipped for them. And I think it, the the stories for each of those families is, is really cool to have, and and uh, that that rivalry does mean a lot.
0: There you go, Eliza Tuiaki, and he's a fan of having this game first. He said, we play it any anywhere, it doesn't have an have an added importance, but he does like the focus that it's brought to this team. And I can tell you, this team is they're pretty locked in. They're ready to go. They understand the stakes that are are at hand with the early season uh, four games against Power Five opponents. None bigger, of course, than the season opener. 21 days away from today against the University of Utah. We still need need to get to our church and state player countdown series. We'll get to that here in a little bit, but interesting thoughts from Elisa Tuiaki, and I feel like this defense, if all of these young pieces, the young players that are on this roster come through, I think he could be a big year for BYU on the defensive side of the ball because I feel like guys are really coming along and we'll see how it all shakes out for the Cougars. But thanks to Elisa Tuiaki for talking a little BYU defense with me and Jay Drew yesterday. Uh, We'll take a time out here, come back on the other side. I mentioned in the open, we're going to catch up with A.J. Stewart. I spoke with him one-on-one yesterday to talk about BYU's running backs, how he feels guys like Tyson Williams and Emmanuel Supa are fitting in, how Lopini Katoa looks, and also how some of the younger running backs on the roster are looking in fall camp so far as well. So we'll get to that next. Before we do that, though, I want to remind you guys that the brand new locked on NFL podcast here on the locked on podcast network is on fire. Last week was one of the most listened to NFL shows on all of the podcast universe with the expert analysis of former NFL scout, Mount Williamson. It's also hosted by NFL expert, Brian Peacock locked on NFL is your daily national podcast on all things. NFL with Matt's unique takes on the game, follow locked on NFL now on your favorite podcast provider. It's available everywhere that this podcast locked on Cougars is available and we're both proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On Cougars. Thanks again for joining us on a Thursday edition of the podcast. reminder for you guys that this podcast can be found everywhere fine podcasts are to be downloaded. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, Himalaya Podcast app. Please follow along. Give us a good rating and review if you don't mind. And also, when you're driving around town, you're a captive audience when you're in your car, making your commute to or from work. Well, you can catch up on the latest with BYU news with this daily BYU podcast. And all you got to do is tell your smart device, play podcast Locked On Cougars. That way you always stay up to date on the latest in BYU news. All right, I caught up with A.J. Stewart yesterday, BYU's running backs coach, a guy who has just been relentless on the recruiting trail in terms of pursuing guys like Tyson Williams and Emmanuel Asupa, a guy he coached while he was a running backs coach at Rice he knows the running back position inside and out. It's been his specialty since he became a full-time assistant coach at the FBS level. I always enjoy talking to AJ. He's always upbeat about his guys, but he's also not afraid to make sure to point out what these guys need to work on to be the best. But had a chance to speak with him one-on-one yesterday during BYU's photo day. Had some great thoughts on Tyson Williams, Emmanuel Asupa, and Lopini Katoa, as well as some of the younger running backs on the roster as well for BYU. So let's get to it. This is AJ Stewart, right? here on Locked on Cougars. Week into camp at this point here you've got two graduate transfer running backs of course Lopini Katoa back. Your position group's been one that's been talked about all offseason long. How are they doing so far?
2: Uh, I'm very much pleased with, with uh, the progress that we've made you know in the first six practices and um, the guys it's, it's evident that they put a lot of work in, in off offseason before we even got to fall camp and um, they're strong they're they're fast and they're just the, the attention to detail every rep every meeting every walkthrough that theyre they're, uh, they're doing right now is just it's accelerating their you know their talent even more so and uh, our whole group is as a, as a whole I mean everybody's getting better and that's that's all you can really ask for as a, as a running back coach.
0: Your graduate transfers coming in here, Tyson, Emmanuel Supa. How have they adapted? To just the culture of the team and everything in your mind.
2: I think they fit in, you know, fit right in with these guys. They they uh, come from good families who, you know, they were raised the right way, and it's, it's evident. And um, they have they have core values that that align with what we believe in here at BYU as well. And so I think it's been a seamless transition. Uh, they're just good young men who are outgoing and they uh, they connect with people really well and they, they speak very well and and uh, they respect others. And so you can you can do those things. You're going to be integrated into this place pretty easily and and I think that
0: it's uh, evident in terms of their strengths because they're two different types of running backs it feels like what are their strengths individually what's Tyson versus Emmanuel's strengths
2: Um, I think they're both to me they are similar running backs they're both strong guys they're both um, you know have really good speed Uh, they're both very knowledgeable of the game Uh, can catch the ball out of backfield can block there are three phase running backs you know they can run the football they can block and they can catch and they can do all those things at a high level um, a lot of it is because of their experience but the rest of it is just you know god-given ability and and the, the effort they put in to, to master their craft and so I think they they're actually similar running backs uh, just in the sense of that they're you know true three down guys how important is it for a running back in this offense to be able to catch the ball out of the backfield? I think it's important really in any offense I mean you if if you have a guy back there that the defense knows can't you know they can't uh, add value in a pass game then I think that uh, that limits your offense and so uh, that's part of being a running back at BYU and pretty much most places across the country you know you got to be able to uh, pose a threat to the defense that that you could catch that thing at any given time and, and you know make something happen And so I
0: think that is very important. How is Lopini looking? And a lot of people wondered how he would do in terms of having these guys come in to compete with him. How's he doing personally?
2: He's doing great. This is the best Lupini Kato I've ever seen, and, and so um, I think that's this is the right time. You know, uh, in my experience as a running backs coach, that that redshirt sophomore year or the third year in college is when they take a big leap and the game slows down a lot for them. And, and he's he's put in a lot of work in the offseason as well and it's it's evident he's healthy now and he's working hard, he's strong, he he you know, he put on a little weight in the offseason to help, you know, be a little more firm on contact and, and it's I'm I'm very pleased with him and and uh, he's a he's a student of the game. Any any flaw in his game, he wants to get it corrected. And he's a he's a perfectionist, and so I think we're seeing that now. We're seeing the the maturation process of a guy who put the puts the work in and he's starting to see some of those rewards from the work he's put in. <laughs>
0: I want to ask you about some of these younger guys, uh, Tyler Algerns, and Sioni Fina. are guys, I think fans are kind of looking. Okay, these are probably the next crop coming up. How are they doing? They're developing well as well. Um, they've they've taken taken a huge leap even just from
2: this past spring, yeah. but a year, especially from a year uh, from now yeah. um, or a year ago, yeah. those guys were you know they're two different they're they're two different running backs you know each of them. And so that they're they're right on on track to to be who I know they're going to be. They're going to be big time running backs for us and. They're going to do, you know, good things for us. And um, they're right on the cusp of, you know, of doing those things right now. And so they just got to keep, you know, working on it and, and keep developing and learning from every rep. And, and so that's how you master your craft, you know, is but each rep you learn from and you get better from it. And, and they're doing that. They're they're on pace to do
0: some really special things at BYU. Last thing for me is you're a relative newcomer to Utah now. You've been here for about a year. What's been your favorite part about this state so far?
2: I think just the... the um, just the people. You know, just very welcoming people and, and very uh, outgoing and, and uh, just the more so than the people, just the BYU fan base has, has been incredible. You know, I go to Smith's, you know, to grab some groceries <laughs> in there. Hey, Coach Stewart, good luck this year. And, and so those type of those little things, they, they do make me feel, you know, welcome and make me feel, you know, honored to be a part of this. And, and so that's probably my favorite part of being here is just uh, being a part of something that people care so much and so passionate about. And so it helps me take even more pride in, in my job. Um, We want to make BYU Cougar Nation proud. Awesome. Thanks so much, Coach. All right. Thank you.
0: There you go. A.J. Stewart, BYU running backs coach. Thank him for taking the time to join us here on Locked On Cougars. And I... I really told you guys on, on Wednesday when I had my practice insider tell me, he said Sione Finau is really breaking out and would be kind of be the fourth running back behind that three-headed monster of Tyson Williams, Emmanuel Asupa, and Lopini Katoa, but you can. it sounds like A.J. Stewart's very bullish on his position group. I know I had a lot of question, mark, go, question marks about it going into the offseason, question marks during the offseason in terms of would they get these graduate transfers in school? They pulled it off, they're in school, and according to all reports, both Williams and Asupa have shown well early on in fall camp. Wish them good health and nothing but good vibes going forward as they continue on through the next three weeks of fall camp. And It'll be interesting. BYU's next media availability is Saturday after their closed scrimmage. Uh, Media will not be able to watch any part of the scrimmage, but interested to hear how things look for players, etc. after they're finally suiting up and actually going live uh, in those scrimmage formats. It'll be an interesting uh, situation to see how that shakes out for BYU. Um, a reminder for you guys, though, that BYU, of course, during the summer, they like in the kind of the buildup to a football season, they usually have events at Lavelle Edwards Stadiums, including movie nights, et cetera. Well, they've actually moved the movie night that they traditionally have at Lavelle Edwards Stadium due to the renovations going on with the upper concourses, filling in those concourses with those walkways. Well, they've moved it to Miller Park. That'll be tomorrow night, August 9th. They'll be watching How to Train Your Dragon 3, The Hidden World, at Miller Ballpark across the street from the BYU football stadium, the baseball stadium there. Should be a fantastic opportunity. You can have Park in Lot 1 and 3 between Lavelle Edwards Stadium and Miller Park for that. Concessions will be open along with the Dippin' Dot stand open as well. You can get your BYU gear while you're there. And also coming up, the Cougar kickoff is next week. It's the 15th annual event where all the BYU fall sports are in attendance. You can get autographs, catch up with players, etc. Live DJ and the like. They'll also have the Cougar sale going on with the Cougar kickoff off that'll begin at five o'clock you can get discounted byu gear team gear from the previous year and fantastic prices i can tell you guys that much and also later on this month the big blue bash also taking part at rio tinto stadium in sandy later on this month we'll tell you a little bit more about that as it gets a little bit closer so a lot of events for byu fans if you want to get together with byu players get autographs have your kids interact with them just have some fun on a summer night few events coming up that you can check out BYU sports and also interact with your favorite athletes and coaches. All right, we will step aside here, come back on the other side, catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports news, get to our player countdown and the Church and the State player countdown series. So a lot to cover still on today's edition of the podcast, but before we go, reminder that the Locked On Fantasy Football podcast is the best in the business. Vinny Iyer has been covering fantasy football for the last 20 years. Gives you the edge with the daily Locked On Fantasy Football podcast right here on the locked on podcast network don't listen to the same podcast as everyone else and then you'll be the or else you'll be the same as them get the edge from Vinny; they'll put you ahead on draft day and keep you ahead all season long locked on fantasy football is available on your favorite podcast provider right now so check it out guys the locked on fantasy football podcast also a partner of the locked on podcast network like this podcast the locked on cougars podcast more in a moment Welcome back to Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. As we close out today's edition of the podcast, I want to thank you guys once again for your continued support of the podcast. It's a blast to be with you guys every day. And our download numbers have been absolutely phenomenal early on this month. And it's a credit to you guys. I know football's on the way, and I understand that you guys are excited about it. And I want to thank you guys for supporting the podcast. All right. We are 21 days away from BYU and Utah kicking off the season at Lavelle Edwards Stadium and as such, our Church and State Player Countdown Series reaches number 21 on the roster. And there are two intriguing names at number 21. Of course, there's senior wide receiver Talon Shumway, a six-foot-three, hundred 210-pound athlete from South Jordan, Utah, prepped at Lone Peak High School. And I think he's going to be an interesting cog in the BYU uh, receiving game this year. Talon came on actually quite strong down the stretch a season ago when Zach Wilson took over. He's a guy that I feel like could really make an impact for BYU this coming year. He had 22 receptions for 337 yards, an average of 15.3 yards per reception and three touchdowns a year ago. Uh, doubled, essentially, his career totals in a BYU uniform, and here's hoping that as a senior this year, he can really come out and have an impact and be the guy that BYU needs him to be. He's not a burner. Let's get that let's get that out of the way right now. Talon Shumway is not and never will be a guy who's going to run by somebody, but his route running is where he sets himself apart. He's a big-bodied athlete, but with his route running, he's able to get separation, get away from defenders, and catch the ball, and I really feel like he's poised to have a good senior year this year, and we're looking forward to seeing what he can do. Also on the roster is Herkley at number 21, a freshman from Kahuku High School in Kahuku, Hawaii, back off a mission in the Atlanta North Mission in Georgia. Of course, he redshirted a season ago And Herkley Lottu. This is kind of the funny story about how recruiting for BYU goes. When he was recruited out of Kahuku High School. He was a defensive back prospect. Then he was on his mission. It sounded like he had bulked up a little bit. Okay, maybe he plays linebacker for BYU. Well, come full circle and now he's on the field for BYU playing defensive end and some linebacker, but mainly playing along the defensive line. He's listed at three, two 240 pounds and he is still growing. We'll see how it goes for him, but it sounds like he's a guy who has the ability to get to the quarterback and I know we've talked a lot about BYU needing to generate a a pass rush, if he can make that ability to make that transition from playing defensive back in high school to playing defensive end and get after the quarterback, more power to him. The speed he has had at defensive back and or linebacker should serve him well as he tries to get to the quarterback. We've seen him line up a little bit in terms of being that middle linebacker that spies on opposing quarterbacks, similar to what Corbin Kafusi did a year ago. Hercules not Corbin, he's not six foot nine, six ten, two hundred and eighty pounds, but it's six three, two hundred and forty pounds, and if he has that speed sideline to sideline and the ability to get after the quarterback, yeah, that's a very intriguing prospect to put at that opposite end position for BYU along their defensive line and play almost a pseudo-linebacker role in that spy role when BYU needs to face off against a quarterback who's really mobile. I'm intrigued by Herkley Law too. I'm hoping to catch up with him at some point here during fall camp, get his thoughts on moving three different positions within about three years, uh, having served a mission etc. Going from defensive back to defensive line, but an intriguing prospect nonetheless and here's hoping he has an impact this coming season for BYU. A couple other notes for you today. Uh, Of course, the know your foe type of things. Uh, Tennessee, BYU's week two opponent. They've had two of the pieces of news come out regarding personnel. Tennessee defensive lineman Emmett Gooden will miss the 2019 season after suffering a torn ACL during their practice earlier this week. Uh, Jeremy Pruitt confirmed that injury. He was a candidate to start at nose tackle for the Vols this season. He finished uh, third on the team with seven tackles for loss along with 33 total tackles a year ago. Uh, he's a former star on Last Chance U uh, played at Independence Community College in Kansas. He was on the third season of Last Chance U if any of you watch that series. Uh, He'll have have a year of eligibility remaining in 2020 but he will not be facing BYU this year and that should help BYU in theory. They also announced, uh, Jeremy Pruitt's announcing that Nathan Niehaus has chosen to leave the Tennessee program. He was a junior on the offensive line who started six games last season for the Volunteers. So Tennessee is an interesting situation. They've hemorrhaged a few guys who are expected to be contributors this this coming year throughout the offseason it'll be an intriguing uh matchup for byu we're hoping to catch up with our sister podcast the locked on vols podcast that covers tennessee volunteer football next week as our 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 opponent preview series continues tomorrow expected to be joined by Ryan Abraham from USCFootball.com, the smartest guy when it comes to USC football that's not inside the program he's expected to be on tomorrow's podcast so stay tuned to that so there you go that is today's edition of the podcast I want to thank you guys once again for downloading downloading the show it's been a blast to bring it to you each and every day and hopefully you guys are finding it of worth as you try to stay up to date with the latest in BYU news thanks again again for joining me. I'm Jay Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars. Reminder for you guys to check out the Locked On Fantasy Football and Locked On NFL podcast here on the LOPN. And also make sure to download this show each and every day. Follow along. Give us a good rating and review on social media. And follow us on social media. Locked On Cougars on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. My Twitter handle is at Jacob C. Hatch. And, of course, you always can drop a note to the show via email by using LockedOnBYU at gmail.com. Love to hear from you guys. Anytime you guys have a question, concern, comment, etc. We'd love to hear from you and help answer your questions. Until tomorrow, this has been Locked on Cougars for August 8th, 2019.